Welcome to the Bayside Church Weekly Message audio podcast, Frankston. What, what are the books? What are the books we should have in our Bible? What are sacred scripture? What is it that God wants us to hear? And for years they had letters flying all over the known world. Thinkers going back and forth. People saying, I like Matthew. Yeah, Matthew's good. I like Mark as well. Yeah, I like Mark. Yeah, I don't like the epistle of Barnabas. Why not? Because it's boring. And it is. Barnabas was a nice guy but couldn't write. And so finally they got together. And after years, they had a council that lasted about three years where they argued and they debated and they went back and forth, back and forth. And they had the books that they knew just were rubbish, rubbish books. And the books they weren't sure about. And then they had the books that they were really, really sure about. And they finally got to the books of our New Testament. And they put them all under a table at the end. And then they all gathered around the table and they held hands and they prayed. And they said, Lord, we have come to the end of ourselves. We have debated for years and years and years. And we think... Your Holy Spirit has been at work and these are the books of the New Testament. But we want you to affirm them. And in that moment, church history tells us that the books appeared on top of the table. And the idea being, it's a funny, silly little story and I love it, but the idea being that what I am telling you has been the result of immense effort to be accurate. And then when we came to the end of ourselves, it was affirmed by God. When we came to the end of ourselves, it was affirmed by God. So you can trust it. The cross that we're going to be talking about is at the heart of the gospel. This gospel that can be trusted. This gospel that has passed down through the ages. The beating heart of the gospel is the cross of Christ. What Jesus did on that cross. Why Jesus had to die. And what his death accomplished is the heart of the gospel. It is the reason why the Christian message has overwhelmed this planet. Why fully one third of all human beings on this planet affirm Jesus as God. There is nothing that has the power. There is nothing that has the pathos like this message. It is the reason you are sitting here this morning. is because there is something in the proclamation that Jesus died for my sins. That stirs the human heart. But we have to admit that that, that's just kind of a bit of an oversimplification. That's kind of like asking an an astronomer, you know, what what do you do, sir? And he says, well, you know the song, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. How I wonder what you are. That's me. That's what I do. So kind of saying, well, the gospel of, you know, Jesus died on a cross for my sins. It's kind of, that's true. But there's so much more to it than that. There is so much more that happens on the cross and in the gospel that we have to admit that you and I, we will be in the presence of God for eternity. Indeed, we have already started and we will never come to a full understanding, a full realisation of just what Jesus accomplished. It is that powerful. There is that much to it. It never ends. There will never be an end to the grace and the love of God revealed in Jesus on the cross. So I have to admit straight off the bat that I can't really tell you, I can kind of tell you what it's kind of like. I can kind of tell you what it's kind of like because it is that immense and it is that overwhelming. So why did Jesus have to die? Why did Jesus have to die? In the book of Genesis in the sixth chapter, there's this passage that really just shook me to my foundations when I was reading it. 
and it's kind of after, after the Garden of Eden and after Cain and Abel and, and all that has happened and, and it says that God looked on the earth and he saw that every intention of the heart of man was only evil all the time and he was grieved in his heart and he wished he had not made man. It's an awesome statement. The idea that God has been grieved in his heart by the things that we do. If we're going to understand why Jesus had to die, then we're going to have to struggle for a little bit with with the ideas of sin and the ideas of evil. Because the cross of Christ is taken up with these ideas. They are a response to these ideas. So what is sin? Sin is the human being bent in on the human being. Martin Luther, the great reformer, says that you know, sin is self bending in on the self. It's, like I said before, it's deeply more complex than that. But at its heart, sin is selfishness. The idea that I am so important that other people should bow down for me or I can lift myself up to greater heights than where I am on the backs of other human beings. It's the idea of elevating yourself over those around you. And it says that God is grieved by this that this hurts him. It is so bad that the Bible, our Holy Scriptures, reserves its strongest terms for just what God thinks about it. It is nothing but badness, and that's as far as I'm willing to go. It is nothing but badness. It's horrendous, and it is not God's intention. I know that for some of you this will be very difficult because this is a loaded term. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it because I know sitting within this congregation right now there would be people for whom this term has been used as an abuse and has been used to manipulate. So I want to affirm that. But it is not that at all. It is horrendous and we all bear it. We all have times when we are selfish, do we not? We all have times when we elevate ourselves and we only think of ourselves. It is a reality, and it should not be. Secondly, the idea of evil. Evil is that which exists which should not exist, and it is the result of sin. It is something that comes into being, and it should not be. It is not a thing per se. It is not like a piece of fruit. It is not like my receding hairline, you know. You can't see it. It's, uh, it's an action. It's a thought. It's, it's speech, and it's action, and it should not be. That's what evil at its essence is. And it comes into life through sin. And God looks on the earth and he sees evil. He sees human beings who have only turned to themselves and have turned away from God. And as such, they bring evil into existence. It exists and it should not. Sin and evil are not God's original intent. If we go right back to the beginning, we can see that God, when he made the whole universe and then he made humanity, he said it was good. And one of the things I I love in the book of Genesis is the picture that God speaks the universe into being. He says light and there is light. And he says grass and there is grass. But then when it comes time for you and me, he gets down in the dirt and he forms it up with his hands. The idea being that God made us with his hands. 
He didn't speak a word of power. He lovingly crafts us. And so you can see that this grief that sits in his heart is not this anger like this out-of-control drunk, you know. It's, it's the grief of a loving father who has lovingly made his children. He's grieved in his heart and he regrets. So looking on the earth and seeing that original intent has been taken away, seeing that human beings only really care about themselves and as such hurt each other, to try and get money or power or whatever it is, whatever's your comfort zone. God has three responses. God has three responses to this. Those responses are this, annihilation. God could just unmake us, right? I mean, he's God. He spoke the universe into being. I guess he could speak one planet unbeing. He could just end us. You're done. It's over. See you later. Into the sun. Gone. But he doesn't do that. We're still here. His second choice is domination. He's God, right? I mean, he could just dominate us. He could come down. He could be on a nice white shining steed, tattooed down his thigh, king of kings, lord of lords, big sword out of his tongue, out of his tongue, out of his mouth, maybe. And dominate us. Yeah? Now, the promise is kind of like that at the end but after everyone's given a choice. So he chooses not to dominate us, not to come down and say, you suck, I'm in control. You obviously can't deal with this, I'm dealing with this. But knowing that we have free will, you chose to come here this morning, God bless you. He doesn't do that, does he? His third choice is love. He can choose to respond with annihilation, with domination, or with love. The cross is God's response to human selfishness and human beings doing things they should not do. God's response to hurt and to pain is love. God's response to our rejection is love. God's response to you and to you and to me is love. This is just amazing, right? I have, I have five kids. We had four, but the band wasn't big enough. And we had the, the four blonde bombshells, and so we decided we need to diversify, and we got a brunette. Yeah, amen. Look at you. Um, one, of, one of our kids, um, we have a son. We have one son, the poor guy, and... Um, he asked for a brother, and when we told him he's having another sister, he went in his room, stuck his head under his pillow, and wouldn't come out. <laughs> Traumatised. <laughs> but he got over that, and he just adores her now. But he won't feed her, because she'll spit up on him. And um, he's just amazing. Uh, if you get a chance, just meet him. I mean, he's quick. He's, you know, he's there and then gone, because he's always moving. But if you get a chance, say hi to Dale. He's just the sweetest kid. He's just got the sweetest heart and he loves being a God boy. And um, he came home from school not long ago and he was, told us he was being bullied. He, uh, a couple other kids had held him down and punched him a few times and he was really sad about it. And as his father, who absolutely adores his son, I was furious. Absolutely furious. And in that moment, 
I had three choices. I could annihilate. <laughs> oh, you were with me. Yes. Yes, you understand. I could annihilate because they're little. And I'm much bigger. And I'm pretty sure my fury could carry me through them, their parents as well. Like, you have not been doing a good, good job, sir and ma'am, and I'm here to set things right. <laughs> Gone. But I didn't, or I'd go to prison. And um, I, could, I could dominate, yeah? I mean, I could go in, I could put the fear of God into the kids, into the teachers, into the parents, you know? I could choose annihilation here, but I've chosen domination. But if you don't correct this situation, gone. But I, I didn't. I, I did go and speak to his teacher, but I held back the wrath. Um, or we, we could choose love. And so what we did and what our daughters did as well is we got around him that day and we just loved on him. Just loved on him. And I told him, boy, you know, we are God people, but you are allowed to defend yourself. But, <laughs> but we want you to know you're always safe with us and we will look out for you. And his sisters agreed they'd look out for him at school and we talked to his teachers and they're on top of the whole thing. We decided to respond with love. What this is, is God's response of love. Why did Jesus have to die? Why? So that you and I could sit here today and be with no doubt in our minds that we have a Father who loves us and who has gone to every single limit He can to demonstrate that love, that He is not out to annihilate, He is not out to dominate, He is not angry, He has dealt with it. He loves us and He has given us this choice. The cross of Christ wants an emblem of suffering and shame, an emblem of execution has been turned into a symbol of loving grace. That is our God with an upside down kingdom. That is our God who says the weak are strong and the poor are rich. And this emblem of suffering and shame is now an emblem of loving grace, that God is not angry and that He wants you. God is not angry and He wants you. And He has a mission for you to spread this message around the world. Go until everyone has heard of the love of God, he says. Go. This cross is the salvation for sinners. That your sin is not held against you. This cross is the wiping away of our evil. The things we have done that we should not have done are as if they have never been. I got that out. Yeah. As if they have never been. It is a new start. It is a fresh start. It is a full tank. And it has stood for 2,000 years over time and history, calling all people to themselves. It is life over death. It is light over dark. And it will have the final word. That is the promise. The fulfillment of the gospel is that this cross has the final word. So you're here this morning and whatever it is that you have brought into this building, whatever it is that has happened out there, that Holy Spirit that fell on this place during worship is now calling you, what has the final word in your life? What has the final word in your life? Are you still suffering from shame? Are you still suffering from guilt? Are you still holding on to things? 
Are you still trying to lift yourself up and say, oh, at the end of my life, I want to say I did it my way. (laughs) No, that's not the purpose of life. In fact, the the scripture says that's that's the very definition of what should not be. It is evil. No, the purpose of life is to see within Jesus, to see within the cross that we sacrifice ourselves for others. We sacrifice ourselves to others. We place other people ahead of ourselves. We give up of our time and our efforts and what our resources so that other people might hear the gospel. Life over death. Light over dark. The cross over your life. The cross of Christ will go on forever. And it will end victorious. God is not angry. And he wants you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son. We thank you that you came into human history as the man, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your teachings and the example you set with your life. We thank you that at the end of your life, you took upon yourself the very worst that humanity had to offer. You took upon yourself the most shameful end. We thank you that in that moment, your love was greater than our hate. We thank you that your love was greater than our fear. We thank you that your grace was more powerful than our evil. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would land on this place, would move in our hearts, would help us to surrender to this overwhelming loving grace that you have to offer for us. Lord, give us the strength so that we might take up our cross and follow Jesus, having given up any hope of us accomplishing under our own power and trusting instead to you. I just want to give an opportunity here this morning. If you are here this morning and you have been holding back, if you're here this morning, you've been holding on to something. If you're here this morning and you still feel that you're struggling and striving under your own power, then I want to pray for you. I just want you to slip up your hand while every head is bowed and every eye is closed. I want to give you that opportunity to just slip up your hand and we will pray for you. Acknowledge. Amen. 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 So good. So good. If you're here this morning, and I pray that God has brought you here, and you do not know Jesus, and you have not heard His gospel, but this morning, as we preached the cross, something stirred within. I want to give you an opportunity as well. Just slip up your hand and say, yeah. Yeah, I want to give my heart to Jesus. This amazing Jesus who went to the cross for me. And we will pray for you. So good.
Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that there is no, nothing more powerful in this world than your love. There's nothing that can overcome your grace, that it is like a tide that rolls on and on and on. Heavenly Father, this morning, help us let go. Help us give in to you. Lord, help your cross be what overshadows our lives. Release its full power into our lives. Oh, we trust in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Make us alive together in Christ, recognizing that heaven is not something that begins when we die, but that has begun here and now with us in the presence of our Father. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this weekly message audio podcast. If you'd like to listen to more messages and find out more information, check out our website at www.baysidechurch.com.au. Church has changed. Check it out.